What's up guys? It's a great day. This is Fuquan Bilal and we are back with another great episode of the PFREI podcast series. We interview experts in the real estate business in order to provide you with some of the best investment strategies and techniques used by leading fund managers, financiers, house flippers, and more. We appreciate every single one of you for taking the time to press play on the podcast and hope you enjoy this new episode. All right, guys, we're back again with another great episode of PFREI. I'm your host, Buquan Bilal. Today we have Jay Connor. And let me, let me before I read your bio, Jay, um, when I first met you, we, we exchanged information and you gave me this card. <laughs> you gave me this card and when you gave me this card, I said, wow. It felt like I got an Amex or something. I was like, wow, this is, I've never seen a gold card. So I held on to this. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have to copy this. <laughs> this is nice. But well, I can, I can tell you where to get them. <laughs> All right. So Jay started investing in single family houses in 2003. And the first six years, he relied on local banks to fund his deals. And he had perfect credit and got, uh, got, off with the, got a lot of uh, capital, I guess, from the banks. And you notice in January 2009, I guess that's when everything, the bank started not lending anymore and tighten up the credit line. Um, he learned about private money during that time also. Um, and it took less than 90 days to raise private money. He raised over $2 million in funding uh, that had nothing to do with credit or verification income. In 2011, he became known as the private money authority. He traveled, uh, he has a, he's a national tra- traveler. He teaches real estate investors how to get their own private lenders. I live in a small town in Eastern North Carolina, and his market is only 40,000 people, and he do about two or three deals a month with an ad- average profit, somewhere between sixty dollars to $70,000 per deal. So I wanted to have you on the show. We travel in the same circles. We're part of the same mastermind group. Um, and the goal uh, with this podcast is really to uh, help others who are trying to get into the real estate business understand a little bit more. Uh, you get the opportunity to share your experience with the world. I see you started in 2003, so you are market cycle tested. You went through the downturn, so you had to regroup. The first question I ask everyone, Jay, is why are you passionate about real estate investing? Yeah, it's an excellent question, Fuquan. And simply, I'm, I became passionate about real estate back in 2003, and I'm still passionate about it because I don't know any other um, – vehicle. I don't know any other business. Uh, and there's more than one reason, but I don't know any other business that can provide as quickly and sustain the wealth. And most importantly, the freedom that allows me to pretty much work when I want to work in the business. So, you know, I would be hard pressed to give an accounting of actually working in the business more than five hours a week. Um, now the way that works is I, uh, I began systematizing and automating my business, which means either using technology or outsourcing that, you know, I'm known as the 3d guy, dictate, delegate, disappear <laughs> and show back up when they least expect it. But, um, I've got an amazing team. I use uh, virtual assistants. I have a, I have a full-time LA local assistant that uh, oversees all the seller leads and buyer leads of people that have single family houses for sale or want to buy one of our homes on a rent to own basis. But as I am passionate about it because 
once you have the automation in place and you have the team in place, who's my team? My real estate attorney, uh, my virtual assistants that do the marketing for me, my full-time local assistant that talks to buyers and sellers, uh, my contractors, uh, my realtor. So once that team is in place, ver uh, pretty much what I do is I make decisions. So I still review uh, all the property lead sheets that come in from uh, motivated sellers and make the determination as to what's the maximum offer that I want to make on the house. But that's a long answer to a short question. And that is, I don't know any other way that uh, allows to have you this type of lifestyle. Um, my wife and I are very involved in our church. Serving others is very, very important to us. So when needs arise, we're able to participate and impact and make a difference in other people's lives. So the short answer is wealth and freedom. <laughs> I love it. And freedom seems to be the common theme of all of the guests that I, that I asked that question. That's one of the first questions I started with the show. And that seems to be the common theme. Also, um, a lot of the guests that I've been uh, interviewing lately are really uh, focused on systemizing the business and, and automating it. So let's talk a little bit about that because you talked about um, that's what helped you get your freedom, um, I will presume, is, is leveraging human capital, as, as they say, right? So you have, you have the process where you're the visionary, you come up with the ideas and you have your integrator in place. And then you have these, uh, these team members that you leverage uh, human capital and they actually have their own unique ability where they can do certain things, whether it's the acquisitions manager or the salesperson or the realtor or the contractor and stuff like that. So, I mean, I know starting off in, in 2003, you didn't just say, hey, this is the plan is going to go like that. Let's talk about the road to that, uh, to that setup. Um, some of the challenges that you may have went through, which made you just say, you know what, I, this is what I need to do in order to get that freedom. Let's talk about that because people think that they're just going to jump in and flip houses and make money and they don't know it's a real business. Yeah. Well, the biggest mistake that I made at the very beginning was <clears throat> not only trying to do everything myself, but continuing to try to do everything myself for too long. Um, and so uh, when I started out, I was actually in the manufactured housing or mobile home business, if you will. And I'd been in that industry for a long time and the consumer financing was pretty much taken away from that industry. So we spent a year to year and a half of shutting that business down. And it's a lot more fun to start working on something new and positive than shutting a company down. So my first year, we only did three houses. Uh, I do one house and finish it. So I was still full time uh, in the corporate world, closing that business style while doing this part time. And so, you know, if you're just going to do one house at the time, then, you know, perhaps systemization is not as important as when you really want to scale the business. So like, you know, we do between two and three deals a month. Average profits are last year, 2019, they were $67,000 per deal. We're in a small market, only 40,000 people, but we've got right now, uh, right at 27 people that are occupying homes that are in a rent to own type basis to where we're uh, helping them get ready for a mortgage and cash out. So when you scale the business to that point, the automation is very important. So just to repeat the critical team members that need to be in place in order to scale the business is your realtor, 
Uh, I get all my comparable market analysis pulled on every property before I make an offer because, you know, uh, a house can sell on that street or in that neighborhood and can affect the value from what you thought it was, you know, two weeks ago. Yeah. So my realtor relationship is very, very important. Um, so I make a lot of cash offers. So the relationships with my private lenders are very important. So typically I don't use hard money loans. I'm actually doing business with individuals. So right now we've got 48 individuals, private lenders that fund our deals, that we move their capital from one house to the next house to the next house. So back to the relationships, private lenders, uh, the realtor, um, I can't put a value or a price or how valuable my relationship is with my real estate attorney. So for example, if uh, I mean, you know, when I'm buying houses from uh, off market houses that are not in the multiple listing service and I'm dealing with a motivated seller, many times I can actually offer a little bit less on that house when I'm paying all cash, but because I can close so quickly as in less than a week, I can close a deal. Um, you know, other real estate investors can't move that fast. You know, if somebody just walked in off the street to my real estate attorney's office or called them up, they are more than a month out before they could even do a title search or do a closing. I can get, I get all my title searches done in 24 to 48 hours. And again, I can close within a week. The way I do business with my contractors is I have, I do business with um, a general contractor and I also have uh, a crew leader that oversees two crews. So we can be doing um, three houses simultaneously as far as the rehab goes. So again, I, I, I just can't put a, a value or a price on, uh, on the, you know, how important those relationships are. Yeah, that's important. If you see me with the phone, that's my social media, Instagram stuff going, trying to do them all at the same time. But yeah, it's, um, it's, it's very important, uh, especially, and I, I, a few things, let me back up. You said you do on average around two houses per month with a larger profit. Yeah, two to three. Yeah, two to three. So I see some people who try to do 10 to 15 a month, and I'm sure that they're not making the spreads of, you know, that size. It could be 10,000, 15,000, you know, on a rehab. I'm not talking about a wholesale flip or something like that. A rehab, you know, they're going in and putting in 40, 50,000 with the rehab and winding up with 15,000 on a profit at the end, and they're working four or five projects. Where I mm -hmm. think your strategy of just being laser focused cherry picking the ones that come in um, through acquisitions and making sure that it's very profitable, that's very strategic and it's not, you're not, you know, spread uh, a mile wide and an inch deep. So that part I definitely get. Um, and it's important for people to understand, especially when you're raising capital for individuals, um, that communication is important to your investors and communication is important to the contractors. Cause I know that has to be, challenges with dealing with the contractors even though you have a guy who's seen a general contractor's always issues and challenges and stuff like that so um when the market transitioned how how did that affect you and what did you learn from that um because i, I got hurt a lot of people who were invested got hurt some people made it out unscathed um, but i had to start all over again literally in 2010 after i recouped you know and lift myself up and had to get my inner, had to get my um, self-image together. Had to get back the winning self-image. 
Right, you know, right. So how did how did you weather the weather the storm? Yeah, the 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 downturn back in you know two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten was actually a blessing uh, for me and my company. Um, that's when I got cut off from the banks um, with no notice. I had two deals under contract. Called up my banker. I learned in that conversation, I'd have no longer any lines of credit at the bank. I wish I'd known that before I had those deals under contract because back then in 2009 and you couldn't get your earnest money back. So, you know, one mantra that I live by is that it is impossible for you to fail in anything until you decide to quit. You can't mm -hmm. fail. You can't fail until you decide to quit. And so quitting was not an option for me. So I called up my friend, Jeff, who at the time lived in Greensboro, North Carolina. And I told him what had just happened, getting cut off at, uh, from the bank. He said, well, welcome to the club. They just cut me off last week. And I said, well, what are you going to do? And so Jeff uh, told me about private money. And I put my program together. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, when I was borrowing money from the banks, the bank put the program together. But in this world of private money, we don't, uh, what we do is we put our program together as to how much interest rate we're going to pay, what's the terms of the loans and et cetera. And I just made my program available and, and framed myself as an educator. And I taught people about self-directed IRAs and how they can use their retirement funds to, you know, invest and how to loan money out. And so I put this little 16 minute audio recording together and I put that audio out there to all my contacts. And that's how in less than 90 days, I was able to attract over $2 million. So the downturn, uh, I actually tripled my business the first 12 months, the 12 months right after I got cut off. And the reason I was able to triple my business is because I had all this funding from private lenders now available that I didn't have at the local banks. I mean, all I had was a million dollar line of credit and I kept that maxed out all the time. So when the down, so two things happened that, that um, attributed to tripling, helping triple my business. One was I had all this funding now available, this new source of funding, private money. And with the downturn, now there were all these fantastic deals where prices had come down so quickly and all these bank owned properties. So coupling having private money and having fantastic deals due to the, to the price reductions that all contributed to uh, tripling the business. That's awesome. I'm glad you cleared that up too. I think I, when I read your bio, I didn't put enough emphasis that in the 90 days you raised two and almost $2.2 million in a short period of time. So I'm glad you, you, you brought that back up. Uh, what challenges, and this is my last question. I know you're busy. What challenges, do you face as a real estate investor in today's market? And what are you doing to overcome those challenges? Is it market conditions in your area? Is pricing getting, you know, it's yields getting compressed because it's short as of inventory? What do you, because everybody has problems, Jay. What, what, are you, what challenges do you see? My challenge is much broader than just real estate investing. My challenge is shiny object syndrome. <laughs> So, being honest. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, the, the new opportunity or the new marketing strategy comes along. So really, here's really, it's two pieces. And then I'm going to tell you how I, how I keep that in check. Okay. So 
Shiny object syndrome, I think everybody knows what we're talking about. You got the new opportunity comes along that you want to, you know, try out or the new marketing strategy you want to try out. So, so there's that temptation to go try something new. And I love, I'm a marketer by nature. So I love testing new stuff. The second challenge that comes along with that is starting something new and not, and, and not, and having the temptation not to prune and cut back mm. what is not working as effectively. I mean, right now, I mean, so Fuquan, I don't know if this is a challenge for you, but you know, how many, how many reoccur reoccurring charges do we have on our credit card statement every month? And we don't even know what it's for, right? So, <laughs> so you gotta, you gotta prune that stuff. So how do I keep that in check? So I still have my own uh, weekly coaching call with my own head coach. And before I take on anything new, I have to convince my coach that that is something that I really need to do. So I really don't have to convince him what that does. That makes me talk through and really, truly be honest and justify to myself. Is that really something that I need to be doing? And is that really serving my overall goals and, and you know, vision and, and focus? So that's my <laughs> big challenge. So you mean to tell me you're not going to do any mobile home investing, storage, Senior living facilities, come on, the fields are crazy. <laughs> you know, there, there's plenty of opportunities out there, isn't there? <laughs> I definitely appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing with us your words of wisdom. It's another great episode, PFREI, Passion for Real Estate Investments. You guys can catch us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook, and all the other social media stuff that's out there. Um, thanks a lot, Jay. I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your words of wisdom. Well, I appreciate that. Hey, can I give out absolutely, a, absolutely. A, free, a, a free class? I got a free class, online absolutely. class. It's on demand. Uh, your, your, um, your audience can go check it out. So this free class, it only lasts about 60 minutes, uh, one hour or less, and it's called Where to Get the Money Now. So what I explain in this online class is the five steps that people can use having no private money to having over a million dollars in private money in less than 90 days. And so they can check out that online class at www.jayconner.com forward slash money webinar. So that's J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash money webinar. And also on Facebook, you catch them at Jay Conner, the private money authority on Facebook. You got it. You got it. It was great being on you with, uh, with you today here, Fuquan. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Passion for Real Estate Investments podcast. Looking forward to providing you guys with more testimonials from successful real estate investors. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at a passion, the number four, REI. Thanks so much, guys. And until next time, it's a great day. Mm -hmm.